0: Podcast. I'm your host, Erlanda Ruby, and we are back with season two. Finally, it feels so good to be back, and there are some great topics queued up for this season. I really took the time between season one and two to go through the feedback and emails I received from you guys, from the listeners, and I used that to curate my list of topics. So I really do mean it when I say I want to understand more of what resonates with you, and what topics you want to hear more of it is a community we're building so if you've got more thoughts stories you want to share or topics you're curious about you can always email me at rubyforyourthoughts@gmail.com at gmail.com or reach out to me on the ruby thoughts podcast instagram we've been working real hard on setting up the foundation for the instagram with episode recaps of season one and posts with some of my favorite quotes sprinkled in there so I'll continue to post recaps for Season 2, and the Instagram can just be our home base for the podcast-related updates, announcements, or whatever else. So if you haven't yet, give it a follow at Podcast, and that is R-U-B-I, Ruby with an I. Okay, so to officially kick off Season 2, this episode is about a concept in psychology called self-efficacy and how understanding this concept is a step into being the ceo of your own life and your career and you've likely heard me say this phrase be the ceo of your own life and your career a couple times so today i'm really going to dive into what i mean when i say this and how self-efficacy is a key component to doing this and understanding this so i'll start off by explaining what this concept is Give you some background and research, and of course, we'll end with three tips to help you grow your self-efficacy. Okay, let's dive in. So to start framing this concept, I wanna start by asking, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like the outcome of your success is just not in your control? So you don't even try and you might just avoid the thing altogether. Like, let's say you're not a natural chef in the kitchen, so you just don't ever try to cook. Or your boss isn't advocating for you to get the promotion you've been asking for, so you just stop advocating for yourself altogether. That thing that keeps you from trying again or trying at all is your self-efficacy for that task. So what is self-efficacy? Here is the official American Psychological Association definition, It is an individual's belief in their capacity to execute behaviors necessary to produce specific performance attainments. Okay. So basically what that translates to is it's your confidence in your ability to have control over your achievements and life circumstances. It's how strongly you believe that you have control ultimately over your life and can change things to best serve your needs. So let's dive deeper. This concept was first brought forth into the world by Albert Bandura, who is a Canadian-American psychologist and was also a professor at Stanford. And he basically grandfathered this self-efficacy theory. And according to Albert, there are two factors that influence whether or not someone engages in a particular behavior. It is outcome expectancy and self-efficacy. So basically our ability to achieve a goal or complete a task depends on whether we think we can do it, which is our self-efficacy, and whether we think we will have good results, which is our outcome expectancy. Now, the key thing about this is that self-efficacy isn't this static fixed thing that spans across all scenarios. It can actually vary by situation. And as you grow, it grows with you. And the amount of self-efficacy you have has an important effect on the amount of effort you apply to a specific task or situation. If you have high self-efficacy, you'll be more resilient to setbacks, but if you have low self-efficacy, you might avoid a task or totally disengage and avoid the situation altogether. Like me with math, literally all math. (laughs) But another example is you might have high levels of self-efficacy about your ability to navigate your hometown, but you might have low levels of self-efficacy when it comes to navigating a new city. It's the same skill set, essentially, navigation or sense of direction, which personally I do not have. Wow, I feel like I'm just really calling myself out here. Anyway, but your self-efficacy might vary depending on the scenario. Another example is, let's say you're someone who feels confident speaking with your boss about needing to hire more people to support your team or needing an extension on a deadline. But when it comes to do your annual review, you don't feel comfortable with negotiating a higher salary. Just because you're comfortable with communicating your needs as it relates to work deliverables, it doesn't mean you're comfortable with communicating all of your needs as it relates to your personal financial goals. It's the same skill set, communication, and communicating your needs, but it's placed into different scenarios. So why is this important to know? Because sometimes putting a name or a label on an obscure concept or feeling like your perceived confidence can help with identifying when you're experiencing low self-efficacy with a specific thing. And if you're able to catch it and identify it and put a name on it, then you can take the steps to course correct, right? If you don't know what it is that is causing you to have a mental block, It's easy to let yourself live in a state of frustration or put off making a big move because you chalk it up to being a barrier that is placed in front of you by forces that are outside of your control. But in reality, what you might need is a shift to your view of your personal perceived control of the situation. A common question I get from people seeking advice when going through the interview process is, what do I do if I haven't heard back from the recruiter? And my answer is always reach out unless they've explicitly told you, don't ever talk to me unless I talk to you first, you have every right to reach out. It is so often that people don't ever reach back out or follow up with their recruiter when they re- you really do have every opportunity. There is nothing solid that says you can't reach out and ask for an update if it's been a while. You have more control in the recruitment process than you think. And this is just one small way that exercising your self-efficacy as it comes to your career or even job interviewing can make a huge difference so how do you develop your self-efficacy now like i said earlier it is on a spectrum it is not this fixed thing as you grow self-efficacy grows with you and vice versa so according to our grandfather of this concept albert bandura People develop their self-efficacy beliefs by interpreting information from four main sources of influence. Number one, past personal experience. Number two, observation. Number three, persuasion. And number four, emotion. So let's talk about number one, past personal experience. This means that if you've done something similar in the past and you were successful at it, then you're likely to believe that you can do it again. It's super logical, right? but in that same vein of logic, if you've never negotiated a higher salary, you'll likely have lower self-efficacy with that, but the only way to grow it is by trying, right? So number two, observation is another factor. As humans, we make judgments about our own capabilities by watching others. So let's say that you have a friend who is a notorious couch potato, and then you're scrolling on Instagram and see that they made a life-changing decision to be a runner, and they just finished their first marathon. That observation might make you believe that you have the ability to become a marathon runner too. Researchers have found that our self-efficacy for a given activity is more likely to increase when we see someone else succeed at that same activity through hard work rather than just a natural ability, especially if we feel that we are similar to that person that we are observing. So number three, persuasion, sometimes other people Try to increase our self-efficacy by giving support or encouragement, which is great. But research has also found that this type of persuasion isn't the strongest way to increase your self-efficacy. And lastly, emotions are another factor. This might not be a surprise, but how you feel can increase or undermine your self-efficacy. So if you're anxious about making a good impression at an event, then your sense of self-efficacy may decrease when it comes to making small talk or socializing. So having positive emotions has a really high impact on increasing your self-efficacy. Now, out of all of these four factors, the one that has proven to be the most effective is personal experience. Our personal experience with a particular task has the greatest impact on determining our sense of self-efficacy. So it all just comes back to having to give things a try and trying them again, even if the first time didn't go as planned. The way to build your self-efficacy is by building your personal library of knowledge and experiences. The more you know, the more you're able and willing to take calculated risks or engage in new tasks. So typically this concept is used to create programs that help people overcome phobias or help people establish healthier lifestyles and habits by placing control back into the hands of individuals who might perceive an unhealthy behavior like smoking to be out of their control. The first time I learned about this was in my master's program and it's been something that has stuck with me ever since. If this theory can help people overcome phobias and build healthier lives and break addictions, why can't it empower people to make proactive moves in their career regardless of their title or age or whatever perceived barrier it is that they have? And this concept of self-efficacy is the literal basis of this podcast, which is why I'm kicking off the new season with this topic. I wanna empower you with knowledge about information and research that is out there related to career pathing and leadership development. I wanna challenge you to look at your career through the lens of curiosity. Do you like what you're doing? Are you happy? What about it do you like? How can you do more of what you like and less of what you don't? Building your self-efficacy as it relates to your job starts with understanding what you need, what you want, and what tools and resources are out there and available to help you achieve that so you can feel comfortable with taking informed risks and facing your low self-efficacy scenarios head-on. And most importantly, you have the ability to ask for what you want and the ability to control and carve out what you want your career to be. You don't have to wait for someone to promote you and tell you you're now a leader to start acting like a leader. For example, I don't need to work at Starbucks to know that I can ask for just one pump of vanilla instead of the standard two. Animal style fries aren't on the actual in and out menu, but it absolutely exists and it's an option. The more you know, the more you can modify things to have it be your way. Burger King slogan, boom, mic drop. Now I'm hungry. Okay. I'm, I'm amped. Okay. <laughs> but hopefully you get what I'm saying. You don't have to be a supervisor, manager, or CEO to start learning what tools and resources are out there. You don't need to be a CEO to start acting like the CEO of your life and career. And I think what I love most about self-efficacy theory is that I'm telling you something that we all on some level have heard before and maybe instinctively know we are in control of our own destiny, blah, 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 blah. But this theory is basically a scientific fancy way of saying this is true. It's not a cliche. It's actually something you have within your cognitive ability to grow and master so you can help yourself achieve your goals. Okay, I just got real amped, I'm like sweating, but now let's dive into some tips for you. Okay, so here are three tips or rather your three rubies to take with you on your journey. Honestly, I don't know if I love that. All right, take two. Here are your three tips for growing your self-efficacy. So tip number one is reframe. Reframe obstacles and negative emotions into positive ones that will increase your self-efficacy. For example, you messed up on your big presentation? No worries. Use it as an opportunity to ask for more chances to practice presenting because you realize it's a skill you need to work on. Your boss will appreciate your drive to improve and will appreciate your self-awareness. Reframe, take a negative experience or take something that seems like you're never going to be able to do it or like you don't have control over it and reframe it into a positive situation or a positive perspective that puts you in an emotional state to want to try and to want to keep pushing forward. Okay, tip number two try to identify someone who you relate to that accomplished something that you also have as a goal. It can be a friend acquaintance a colleague even a public figure you look up to but it has to be someone that you can relate to on a personal level that relatability is key for this to work for you to learn through their observation through the observation of their behavior and how they've achieved this goal in a way that relates to you personally your lifestyle and who you are tip number three put it to the test pick a task that you know you have low self-efficacy towards and create a plan for tackling it head-on. If it's finally talking about that salary increase, survey your friends on the topic. Has anyone done this? Has anyone you know done this? Were they successful at it? How did they do it? And just remember that regardless of the outcome, there is always a positive way to reframe that situation. So even if your boss says no, at least they know your expectations and they can keep you in mind for future budgeting decisions. Or hearing this no might just, Be the thing that makes you decide that this place isn't the vibe because they don't pay you well enough and it's the thing that you needed to know, that final piece of information that you needed to hear in order to start making moves. Just remember the most effective way to grow your self-efficacy is through personal experience. You won't know until you try it. And now the last thing I'm going to leave you with is this. The cool thing about growing and exercising your self-efficacy is as you accumulate wins and successes in your life, and your life begins to transform into something that really is your creation, something that you're purposefully carving and curating, the people around you will see this and will learn to do the same by observing your behavior. It's called observational learning or modeling. So if you start being the CEO of your own life, then the people around you will be inspired to do the same, that they're capable of doing the same. Okay, so that is self-efficacy and being the CEO of your own life and your career. Episode one of season two in the books, pew, 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 pew. It feels great to be back, fam. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is Ruby for your thoughts because you deserve more than a penny. Rate, review, subscribe, all the podcast things. And if you want to connect with me, again, you can email me at rubythoughts at gmail.com. You can follow me or message me on my personal Instagram at Erlanda Ruby or the podcast show Instagram at Ruby Thoughts Podcast, where the episode recap will be posted. I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to share your thoughts, your story, feedback, whatever it may be. Okay, goodbye.